Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs! How mighty His wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures from generation to generation. And that's quite an introduction, is it not? It is indeed. That's the beginning of chapter 4 from the book of Daniel. And that's where we're going on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and thank you for joining us. If you've missed any of the previous broadcasts in this study, they can be accessed on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. The series is entitled The Two Kingdoms, and Pastor Layton begins today by giving us some background on that title. You see, we as humans exist in two realms. We exist in the physical realm, but we also spiritual beings and exist in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. These two kingdoms are in conflict, and that conflict affects us. And Daniel understood this, and that's why we've decided to begin our study of the two kingdoms, looking at Daniel's uh, book. Daniel was a man who was exceptional. He rose in rank to be third in command of some of the greatest empires of the ancient world. He served under no less than at least four different rulers, even thousands of years after the life and ministry of Daniel. We still know him by name, and we look to his book for uh, encouragement and guidance and also insight and enlightenment when we, when we study through the book of Revelation. Well, the question has been, what, has made, what made Daniel so special? And it wasn't the environment that he lived in. He was, lived most of his life in Babylon. And uh, Babylon was chosen to represent godlessness from, generation, from Genesis through Revelation. In Genesis, there was the city of Babylon, that city Uh, no longer exists. It's in ruins about 60 miles south of present-day Baghdad, but it's referenced in the book of Revelation as well, and that's a reference to any society that condones and promotes sin. And Daniel provides us the rebuke, correction, and training in righteousness that we need for not only surviving, but also thriving in a godless environment. The question we've asked is, how did he do it? How did Daniel do it? And that's what we want to discover as we study through the book of Daniel. Today we're in chapter 4. It's a unique chapter because it is an official autobiography prepared by the king of Babylon and distributed throughout his kingdom. And in it, the king admits his pride, his temporary insanity, his beastly behavior, and he gives glory to God for his recovery. And it's an important lesson that he learned the hard way, like many people continue to learn the hard way, and that is pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And Nebuchadnezzar is now enjoying a time of peace and security. You remember that in 612 B.C., uh, the Babylonians destroyed the Assyrian capital of Nineveh, 
And in 605 B.C., they defeated the Egyptians at the Battle of Carchemish. And so Babylon was the only superpower in the ancient world. He thought that he was the builder of Babylon the Great and that he was the architect of its peace and prosperity. But he was soon to learn that it had been permitted by God Most High. Many years previous, Daniel had announced to Nebuchadnezzar, you're this head of gold. And now in this chapter, he announces, you, O king, are the tree. Trees in scripture are used symbolically of political authority, kings, nations, and empires. And with the help of God Most High, and by his decree, Nebuchadnezzar had built a vast empire that sheltered many people, many nations, many cultures, many languages, a great kingdom whose dominion stretched and reached to the ends of the earth. But the king was taking credit for this achievement, and his heart was proud. Now, the king in the first dream had been taught that God rules the kingdom of men, that no earthly throne is secure. In fact, he was told by God that someday Babylon would be replaced by another kingdom. And and then in the events of the previous chapter, chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar witnessed how God had miraculously preserved these faithful young men, and he decreed that no one should speak anything against their great God. And once again, God used a dream to communicate an important message to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar summoned his wise men and asked them for an interpretation of the dream, but they were baffled, and so he called for Daniel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had changed Daniel's name to Belteshazzar, which means Bel, protect his life. Bel is also known as Marduk. It was one of the king's favorite gods. But the fact that the king would remember and know both the Hebrew as well as Babylonian name for Daniel uh, suggests that he treated him with exceptional respect, considering he was an exile. He noted that the spirit of the gods was in Daniel, and that gave him remarkable wisdom and insight. The combination of Nebuchadnezzar's reference to gods, plural, lowercase g, and the fact that he called first the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers, indicates at this point he just did not know or fully understand God or his nature. Now the main point of this chapter is found in verse 17, which reads, This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the words of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. So God says he puts on the thrones of this world the basest, the worst of mankind. He gives us the rulers that we deserve and the kind that we want. Now, in order that this is not lost upon us, it's repeated not just once, not just twice, but three times in this chapter. It's the throne room of heaven that rules the events on earth. There's one more point that I'd like to bring to your attention as our introduction before we get into the text, and that is this is the testimony of a man who had no equal on the face of the earth. No one was as powerful as King Nebuchadnezzar. No one was as wealthy as King Nebuchadnezzar. He could do whatever he wanted. He could go wherever he wanted. He could have whatever he wanted. 
And this is the testimony of that man. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs! How mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. And that's quite an introduction, is it not? And now he goes on to tell us his story. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. And so I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me and that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar after the name of my God and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, or the magi, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to heaven. And it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. And the birds of the heavens lived in its branches and ate. All flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed. And behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. Now the watcher, or the holy one, are an order of God's authorities spiritual authorities who administer the affairs of this world. The book of Daniel, as we continue reading through it, is going to make it very clear that God has layers of authority that administer this universe and this world in which you and I live. And Satan also has layers of authorities or minions over which uh, uh, he is organized as well. And so we're going to see this more as we go through the book of Daniel. Verse 14 He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowest, lowliest of men. There it is. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. And you, old Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, May the dream be for those who hate you 
and its interpretation for your enemies. So after hearing this description of the dream, Daniel is stunned and he's troubled and the king could see on his face this perplexity. And, and, and the reason that Daniel was troubled is because he saw ahead what was in store for the king. And he resists any temptation that he might have to withhold from Nebuchadnezzar the full story. And he gives an entire interpretation to the king. You know, I believe there's a lesson there for all of us when it comes to those relationships that are most important to us. Honesty and forthrightness is the best approach as we build trust in those relationships. We'll pick up again right there as we continue to be taken through the book of Daniel by Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is Study Verse by Verse on the web along with Church of the Highlands at highlands.us. Information about worship for this weekend can be found on that website. It's happening just in a different way, of course. Also, if you're thinking about a Christian education for your child or children, I encourage you to click through to Highlands Christian Schools from that website. Again, it's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed weekend and come back on Monday at this same time for more study in the book of Daniel, verse by verse.